Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. Yay! (laughs) If you guys can't already tell, this is our very first ever episode and podcast. So we are super, super, super excited to be here doing this. My name is Bridget Warren. For some of you who follow me on Instagram, you probably know me as PCOS to Wellness. And I am here with my amazing co-host, the wonderful Melissa Christie from PCOS Pathways and the creator of the PCOS Journal. So first of all, I thought I would just quickly explain what the PCOS Girls podcast is all about. Basically, to keep it super, super simple, this podcast is going to be about two girls, i.e. us, talking about PCOS with a couple of amazing guests along the way. We're going to be exploring every different topic you could think about PCOS from the symptoms to the different treatment options, as well as hearing from different health professionals sharing their own knowledge and, of course, our very own experiences. On that note, I should mention that neither of us are doctors, and so please don't take anything we say as medical advice and purely as our own journeys. And so with that, let's get on with the show. Woohoo! <laughs> In today's episode, Mel and I are going to share our own stories. It's quite interesting because Mel and I connected recently over Instagram. And although we know bits and pieces about each other's journeys, we haven't actually ever told each other our full story. So we've kind of kept that for today's um, episode and we've purposely done that so that we can really get involved in each other's stories and ask each other questions organically. So what we're going to be talking about is how we both came to be diagnosed with PCOS, a brief overview of the different treatments that we both tried, um, our current health goals and where we're at with our health journeys, and then the most important things we have learned along the way. And then... Make sure you guys stick around to the very end because we're giving away, we're doing a giveaway, I should say, and it's it's a pretty big one for us. We're pretty excited to do it. So with that, let's get on with the show. Woohoo! Oh my God, I am so excited that we're doing this. Okay, so as Bridget mentioned before, we want to have a little chat about how we were diagnosed. But then I realized that we kind of couldn't have this conversation without first talking about how PCOS is diagnosed. So I thought I should talk about the Rotterdam criteria, which is a really Mm. weird name, but it's the guideline (laughs) that doctors have to follow to diagnose PCOS. So there are three criteria within the Rotterdam criteria. There's having long cycles or totally absent periods. There's hyperandrogenism, which can be clinically seen. So like facial hair or losing hair on the scalp or um, Mm. acne Um, or also, you know, the blood tests showing heightened testosterones and androgens. And then the third criteria is um, an ultrasound showing polycystic ovaries. So to get a diagnosis with PCOS, you need to have two out of three of those. But interestingly, I think it was last year, there was a new guideline created in Australia um, about, it's got a really long name. It's like evidence-based guideline (laughs) for the assessment and management of polycystic ovary syndrome. I know, (laughs) but I mean, it's got so much information in it, which is really interesting. Um, But Mm. something that I just noticed in there is that they've changed the way teenagers get diagnosed or women and girls. So within the first, I think, 10 years after they get their period, um, for those girls, polycystic ovaries aren't um, a criteria that can be used because so many teenage girls have polycystic ovaries anyway it's just like the normal kind of biology after you get your period so it's actually got to be the other two to get the diagnosis so if you're a teenager or if you have a teenage girl in your life who is thinking maybe Mm. they've got PCOS 
have a look at that um, that new document that's been released because um, it's pretty interesting. But with my own diagnosis, um, I had come off the pill and like sort of a few months earlier and I'm just – I'm one of those, or I was one of those people who I just had no connection to my period. I didn't know how long my cycle was. I honestly, every time I got my period, it was a surprise. (laughs) I was like, oh, hey, I I just, I didn't track it or anything, which is quite funny considering I now track everything and made the journal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like polar opposites. But for some reason, I did actually notice in this case that, oh, it's been a couple of months since I had my period. So I went to the doctor because I thought, well, either I'm pregnant or something's wrong. Mm. And I had never heard of PCOS, but after having the ultrasound and finding polycystic ovaries and the fact that I had long cycles, I met those two criteria and I was diagnosed um, with PCOS. So, of course, they, you know, they sort of offered me the pill and that was sort of it. They're like, you know, you're not trying to conceive at the moment, so why don't you just go back on the pill? And Mm, I just... I had just come off it. I'd always been a bit like sus on the pill. And so I I wasn't keen to do that. But to be honest, when I got my diagnosis with PCOS, I was relieved. Like I didn't want to have PCOS, but yeah, Yeah. I was relieved to have an answer. Like it wasn't just the fact that my cycle had been long. Like I had been struggling with belly weight. It had probably started edging on since I was like 18 and I was 25 when Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed. Um, you know, I'd always had some adult acne, like never that bad, but I always had a few pimples lying around. Like it did bother sure. me and I had crazy mood swings. Like I was a crazy girl back then. <laughs> I got that pretty much <laughs> under so control funny. back then. You know, I was pretty all over the shop. Um, so I was, yeah, I was, I was relieved to have an answer. And I felt like even though there was no cure, I just, there was so much information about, you know, there were things that we could do and I was excited to be able to do yeah. that. Did you feel that? Did you feel yeah, any kind of totally. relief? Yeah, totally. It's really interesting because I remember walking out of when I the day I was diagnosed and I had this really bizarre sense of um, it was – just the the saddest feeling I'd ever felt. I'd never felt sadder. I'd never felt like my body had let me down more, but I almost had this like, well, thank God I can actually say now I have this issue and this is the reason why I'm experiencing all these different symptoms. So totally. it was, I guess it was a bit of a mixed feeling for me, but um, I definitely know what I can relate to what you're saying in terms of having that relief and having that you know, that you had, you now had a diagnosis to explain the symptoms that you were experiencing. So yeah, yeah, I think I can say yes to that, but I also, I never felt sadder as well. So it was this real mixed Mm. feelings for me. Did you also have that or was it just a a lot of relief for you? Um, relief, I think was my first feeling, but, um, finding out that it might be difficult to have children was really Mm. heavy for me, really heavy. I don't know if all girls feel this, but I just always from, I I don't know, like just as long as I can remember, I'd always thought like, oh Mm. man, wouldn't it suck if it was hard to have children? You know, I just always was really aware of how much that would be really hard to go through. (laughs) Yeah. So had you, were you um, thinking about children when you were diagnosed? No, not at all. I was yeah. not in that place. I was with my husband, but he wasn't my husband yet. Um, at the time, so yeah. No, yeah, it wasn't my um, my goal at that time at all, but absolutely a goal in my life. I always knew I wanted to have children, so it was still felt sure. really real for me. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Are you trying to conceive? Well, when you were I had just got – so I guess a little bit of a backstory for me was I was put on the pill when I was 17 – And the reason I was put on the pill was because I was experiencing some acne and, but the main thing was I'd never got my period. I'd got my period like when I was in year eight once, and then it kind of just never came back again. And so um, my parents took me to the doctor and they said, she's got, she's experiencing some acne. She's also never had her period. And they said to me, let's put her on the pill. The pill will will fix it. It will clear up her acne and it will also bring her periods magically back. So Mm. (laughs) I guess, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that sounds like a no-brainer. And also all my friends at the time were going on the pill. And I was like, oh, the pill's cool. Like, that sounds awesome. Like, sign me up (laughs) for the pill. Um, And so went on to the pill. And then I 
I stayed on, I was on this pill called Brenda, lol, what a funny name, um, for a couple of years and it didn't really do anything for my skin, um, but my periods, oh, it did help my skin a little bit, but my periods came back and I was like, oh, that's magical. But then I was also like, hey, I don't really want my period. So, you know, that's what's that all about? I was kind of happy not having my period. So they switched me to another pill called Yaz and that was the pill that I stayed on then for, I think I was on it for eight years. My skin was like, crystal clear um i also it was a a a very short period it was only a four-day period so um you know they got that there and they they told me you can skip your period it's totally fine so in my head i was like this is it like i'll just stay on this for as long as i can and and just love life yeah (laughs) so it was also it was a really big thing for me my my skin was the biggest thing for me because i was also modeling at the time so i really couldn't afford Mm. to have bad skin and I cannot tell you how much my skin played a big part in my confidence growing up like I just was whenever I had a a breakout I was so so self-conscious so having this miracle cure just made me a different person I was so confident I was really really happy to be in the skin I was in I just felt like a different person so it really was a game changer and I can relate to people who kind of go I don't care what I've got to do if it's going to fix my skin I'll do it Yep. So I, I can understand how people get to that point where they just go, what, what do I, what have I got to do? Cause I'll do it. I'll do any quick mm. fix. Um, yeah. Anyway, so fast forward 10 years later, um, my husband and I got married. We went off to an, our honeymoon in Hawaii and then I came back and I thought, Hey, like I could, I should probably come off the pill now. I've been on the pill for ages. If we do ever kind of want kids in the near future, I'm probably going to have to reset, um, my cycles and stuff like that. And in my, in the back of my head, I always thought I never had a regular cycle. You know, I just kind of knew it, but I never knew it was because I had PCOS. So mm. came off the pill and that is when all hell broke loose. Like I am talking first couple of weeks. I don't know about you, but the first couple of weeks was okay. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was hit with migraines. I was hit with, Mm. I was vomiting. I was so unwell. I had complete brain fog. I couldn't remember anything. I was, I just was really sick. And it was like my body was going through withdrawal symptoms. It was bizarre. Yeah. And what about your skin? So my skin, my, I was actually, but because between, um, these, this time as well, I'd, I'd set up another business and, that business required me to, to travel a little bit. And so I was in, I remember I was in Brisbane for work stuff and I noticed my skin broke out into these tiny, tiny, tiny little pimples all over my Ooh. face. And I remember thinking and overnight though, it was like literally overnight. And I remember thinking, Oh, this, this from the humidity or like, have I had some like weird yeah. reaction to something in Brisbane? It was very weird. Like and I just, sweat rash thinking, or something. it was a sweat. Yeah. Like I was like, this is really strange. And, and I kind of mm. got home and I remember I called Jesse, my husband on the way and I'm like, Oh, my skin's really broke out. It's really weird. And he was like, oh, okay. And then I got in the car and he was like, Oh yeah, your skin really has broken out. Like it overnight. Like it was quite insane but it was tiny tiny little pimples it wasn't like the big um cystic ones so and I didn't at this point make the connection that it was to do with the pill I really hadn't I really hadn't I stupidly hadn't made the connection it was from coming off the pill so a a couple of more weeks went past and then my those little pimples turn into big cystic pimples and it starts going down my my neck my chest my back it was pretty intense and then I started getting hair loss and that's when I was like something is not right (laughs) yeah wow so long story short and I don't know how long it took you to get your diagnosis it sounds like your your doctor was pretty onto it I ended up going to five different doctors (gasps) they all said to me you need to go back on the pill Mm. There was basically three options. Go back on the pill, take antibiotics for my skin, or take synthetic hormones. They were they were the the options. And they kind of were like, where are you? What are you wanting to do in terms of conception? Like, are you wanting to have a baby anytime soon? And I was kind of like, well, like, I hadn't really thought about it. But, yeah, like, I do, you know, I would like to. And I was pretty much told point blank I would not be able to have children naturally. And so it was up to me when, I, when and if I wanted to start taking synthetic hormones and, you know, if that doesn't work, let's look at IVF. And they were my options. And they really, they, they kind of spelt it out to me like that. It was like, you know, I must have been really here options. scary. <laughs> it was terrifying. And that's when I walked out. So the day I walked out of having my diagnosis and being told like, here are your options. 
Um, and I just thought, oh my gosh, like my body's let me down. Like I've always been super healthy. I've always done everything I possibly could to look after my body. And here I am being told I'm not going to be able to have kids naturally. And I need to start pumping my body full of synthetic hormones. And I was just shocked. And I forgot to mention as well, it took me about six months to get that diagnosis. So I went through, it was actually longer. It was probably about six to eight months of going through severe acne, hair loss. I noticed I started to gain a little bit of weight. Um, I just I had mind fog like nothing. I couldn't remember anything. It was really, really crazy. And that, and then no doctor knew what it was. And I think the reason I kind of stumped a few doctors was because I've always been quite tall and lean. So I didn't have that classic um, – you know, a lot of women with PCOS have uh, facial hair as well. I didn't have that and I, I wasn't – I hadn't put on noticeable weight to them. I noticed I'd put on a little bit of weight, but to look – them looking at me from the outside, I didn't look like I'd put on any weight. So I think they yeah. kind of took those as like, oh, well, it can't be PCOS because she doesn't have those classic symptoms that we would look for. They also never did an ultrasound for me, so I never had – an oh. ultrasound to see if I actually had cysts on my ovaries. And it wasn't until I was wow. pregnant and I went and um, they did the ultrasound to see the baby and they were like, oh, we can see the cysts on your ovaries. <laughs> I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, it's just, um, you know, I think a lot of people sort of blame doctors for the sort of bad healthcare that we get, but I really think it's the education that they receive you know, I totally agree. They, they offer you those options, those really scary options of, you know, IVF or there's no baby or synthetic hormones or you're not going to be able to conceive. But that's because yeah. that's all they've got in their ammunition, you know. They don't have that's right. anything else that they can use. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. They have a very small toolkit and they have a, yeah. so many illnesses and conditions that they have to be able to, to deal with. And so it's very hard for them to – go into their toolkit and go, you know, I, I have a multitude of different things. They've got very few different things that they can help people with and they've got so many different conditions they're dealing with. So I think you're right. It's very easy to blame um, the doctors, but I also just think that we uh, as women and hopefully in terms of education, we can be taught more from a younger age about signs and symptoms to be looking for. Mm. And yeah. and that makes it a bit easier for the doctor as well because you can go in and say, I'm experiencing this, this and this, and that might help to put them in the right direction. So true. So true. So what about treatments? Because obviously they talked about, um, you know, putting you on the, um, the synthetic hormones. What did you do? Um, you know, what treatments did you end up exploring? Mm, so I, I kind of walked out of that doctor's office with a handful of scripts for different um, synthetic hormones and drugs that I could take. So I had the antibiotics for my skin and I had, um, I think they they said Clomid for if I want to fall pregnant and then there was um, spironolactone, I think it's called, um, and that was to help with uh, lowering my androgen levels so that I could mm-hmm. help decrease my acne and things like that so they gave me a multitude and then I had you know creams for like you know hardcore acne creams and things like that I walked out and I thought I just cannot take go and file these scripts without actually knowing a little bit more about what this condition is because at this point I still had never even heard of polycystic ovarian syndrome yeah me being a bit of a I just love uh, my background is, you know, public health and health promotion. So I really was interested to find out a bit more. And I kind of delved into a lot of um, peer read reviews and, and academic journals and things like that, just to really find out more about the condition. And I've also always had a very holistic approach to my health. So I've always loved more natural treatments and alternative treatments as opposed to traditional um, medicine. So that led me on this huge journey of and down a big rabbit hole, as I'm sure the same as many women out there, of different alternative yep. treatments <laughs> for PCOS, totally. So the scripts got thrown to the side and off I went on my <laughs> little natural health journey and I made that decision. I kind of decided I'd already put up with the symptoms for, you know, eight months by this point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I might as well just really put the hard yards in and try some natural alternatives before I went down that more 
medicinal route. So the things I started off with straight away were um, looking at my diet. So I really looked at my diet and I decided to cut out gluten mm-hmm. and I decided to take out anything that I thought was going to be inflammatory. So caffeine, that went. Alcohol, that went. Sugar, that went. I didn't eat a lot of sugar anyway, but I ate, I actually ate a lot of sugar in natural sugars. So I ate a lot of fruits and things like that. I actually just decided I'm going to try really hard and I'm just going to cut that out as well, see what happens. So I focused mm-hmm. on good fats focused on lots of fruit and vegetables. I went to a plant-based diet. I was already vegetarian, but I went to a plant-based diet. Um, and I do think that there was really something in cutting out dairy because I think dairy was very inflammatory for me. So I did all that. So that was the diet element of it. And then I also looked at, um, went saw a naturopath and she introduced me to herbs and that was a real game changer for me. So I was yeah. loaded up with a, a lot of different herbs, um, all different dosages in the beginning just to try a few different things. And I just saw significant results with herbs. Um, so between the herbs, the diet changes, and then I knew I had to reduce my stress, but doing knowing that you have to do that and then doing it are two completely different things. So yeah, I'm sure many women out there are going, yeah, how the hell do you actually reduce your stress? Um, so that, so there was, you know, for me it was diet then lifestyle changes. There was a lot of different herbs. And then I also did things like acupuncture as well. How about you? Hmm. Yeah, a bit similar, actually. I started with my diet as well, but um, different. I went low GI um, when mm-hmm. I got diagnosed and when I was Googling PCOS, that was really where it was at. Um, everyone was sort of recommending to do that. So I did that and I, I did see some results, but then it kind of plateaued. So that's when I too sought out a naturopath. And like you, I saw some really great results and I stayed with her for quite a while, but somewhere along the way, I discovered Ayurveda, which is Indian medicine. And Mm. it just interested me because it was just so different. And I thought, why not? Like things with my naturopath had also plateaued a little bit, like things were certainly better than before, but you know, it had also, it had stopped improving. And I just, I just felt like there was more that I could do. And so I tried Ayurveda and that also just did wonders, you know, things really improved. Um, my ovaries, um, stopped being polycystic. Um, my, my cycle, yeah, my cycle became regular, but I still had skin issues and I'm still not losing weight. So there was still more to the picture, but she did tell me that you need to give me 12 months. Ayurveda works, but it's slow. You need to give me 12 months. And I think I'd been with her about six months. So I fully intended to keep going. Um, I was fine that it hadn't totally resolved, Um, but I went traveling and I couldn't take all this medicine overseas with me because it was a lot of random stuff and I just felt like I couldn't take it on the plane. Um, (laughs) So, yes, I stopped taking it and then I happened to be in China and things were out of control. Like my weight was insane, my skin was insane, my moods were out of control, my cycle Mm. was getting really long. Um, And so I thought, oh, I'll try and find a Chinese medicine doctor. And I did Mm. and she was great. And it it was actually what What a place to find a Chinese medicine doctor. Yeah. How great. (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Her name was Dr. Lily and she was perfect. (laughs) And my cycle actually went to 28 days, like right away, just instantaneously. It was just perfect. Everything just chilled out. My relationship with my husband improved because my moods just Mm. came under control because, again, I was starting to get a bit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Things just, yeah, totally calmed down for me and everything improved. And so overall Chinese medicine is really what has worked best for me. I've conceived um, twice with Chinese medicine um, instantly, like, um, you know, first time trying and have gotten pregnant. And the first pregnancy I did miscarry, but, um, you know, that was more to do with progesterone than anything else. Mm. Um, But yeah, both pregnancies happened right away. So I have to say Chinese medicine works really well for me. And with the stress thing, it's so true what you were saying, that it's so hard to actually reduce stress. And I know you're into Mm. yoga, right? Yeah, or is it Pilates? Yeah, so I found yoga to be right. So I found yoga to be the answer for me on that one because obviously when you do yoga, it's distressing because you know you're breathing in and out and it's really nice. But 
also I just found that like it gave me a kind of patience that allowed me Mm -hmm. to respond better to stress. So if I was stressed at work, like I wasn't as like, you know, clickly, you know, freaking out. It was more, I just had more patience and I was calmer in those scenarios. And I really attributed that to yoga. Mm. Do you feel that at all? No, I, no, I, I 100% agree. And it's really interesting because I used to do Bikram yoga. Same. Ah, I don't know about you though with Bikram. I actually Mm -hmm. used to come out pretty exhausted, pretty fatigued from doing Bikram. Yes. And then I started to get headaches. And so that's when I I sort of thought, oh, I actually think I might be doing a little bit more stress to my body than I actually want to with Bikram. So then I moved to just regular hot yoga. Isn't that funny? And um, moved to hot yoga. That was awesome. I really found that was great. But then I just started to go to a different little tiny yoga studio and it was just more about being present and breathing through poses and didn't matter how deep you got into a pose, it was just to be in the pose and really get those other benefits from yoga as opposed to what I kind of, I think I originally went to yoga because I was like, oh, I'll be so bendy and cool and, you know, everyone's doing <laughs> yoga. But then I sort of found this other path and it was a, a much more mindfulness. It was more about really understanding your body and knowing how much you could push it. But for me, it was the breathing. The breathing was a game changer for me. Learning how to breathe properly helped me immensely, particularly with my stress, because I could just take, you know, if something was really stressing me out, I just kind of like pull back, take a moment, let my body breathe properly, and then I could kind of reset, restart again. (laughs) Mm, That's really nice. I really love deep breathing as well. And I'm not sure what element of it helps me so much um Mm. but I actually find my cycle is um a better length when I Mm. bring deep breathing into my life daily because for me it is something that I I I come back to and I lose it and I come back to it and when I do come back to it I I just I have better health I'm not really sure what element of it's causing that but it does (laughs) no I I think it's also as well just dedicating a little bit of time to you and you know, that's, and I've, I've that's found so this really hard and people who don't follow me on Instagram, uh, won't know this, but I've, I've got a little four month old baby and I've really, it's been really difficult because you do lose those times for yourself. And so mm. I've been going to like a mums and bubs class, which has been awesome. But I do notice that because I haven't had those like really deep, you know, a deep hour to myself. Um, it's, it is different. So whenever he sleeps through a class, I'm like, Oh, amazing. I feel, I walk out of there feeling so much more restored, but when he's been awake that class, I, I kind of feel like, Oh, it's nice to get out of the house, but I didn't actually get as much as I had kind of hoped out of it. Yeah. You know, when you see those videos online and it's like people doing yoga at home and they're, they're little toddlers, like <laughs> doing it next to them and it's really Clinging sweet and nice. Them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, totally. for me, he like just gets in up a mirror. He'll, he'll pull my head down on the ground. Like he's not, oh, <laughs> my son's just not. He's um, so involved. Conducive to it. Yeah. He's too involved. <laughs> it's that not enjoyable. so funny. This episode is brought to you by Sisterhood Tea. Hi guys, it's Bridget Warren, the founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood Tea. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful blend of herbs that has been specifically created by me to help other women like me who may be experiencing the many frustrating symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, which affect so many women. Every ingredient in Sisterhood is 100% natural and has a purpose. And most importantly, the ratio of each herb has been carefully weighed out to ensure the perfect amount is added into each bag to make it an easy and accessible way for you to manage your symptoms every day. And don't worry, I promise it tastes nice too. Sisterhood tea is a powerful holistic alternative and is suitable for all women, but has been specifically designed to help support women who may be experiencing symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, women who've been on the contraceptive pill or are coming off the contraceptive pill, problematic skin conditions such as acne and dermatitis, fertility issues, weight management, hair loss and hirsutism, moodiness, bloating and menstrual cramps, and of course, regulating the menstrual cycle. 
Sisterhood tea is 100% natural, organically grown where possible, vegan, and hand-blended and packaged in Australia. The results and hundreds of testimonials for Sisterhood tea are honestly just incredible. And some of the most inspiring stories include clearing up stubborn acne, growing back hair loss, regulating their period, and even successful pregnancies after years of trying everything else. We call them our little sisterhood babies. So if you want to find out more about Sisterhood Tea or read some more of the amazing testimonials, head over to PCOS2Wellness.com where I ship worldwide. We probably haven't actually said this yet, but we we both have children. We've both got little boys. Hmm. Um, so... I guess that lets you guys know straight away that we we went from not having cycles and having PCOS to having babies. So what's your current health goal that you're working on at the moment? Well, my health goal at the moment is pretty exciting for me. Um, Mm. I'm trying to get my body as healthy as possible and into a state where we can start trying to conceive a second child. Eee, um, that's so, so exciting. Yay. <laughs> it is very <laughs> exciting. Um, but I'm also feeling a bit impatient about it because we actually wanted to start trying to conceive at the start of this year. And now we're like seven, eight months in. And I guess the approach that I'm having right now, it's effective, but it's very slow. So I'm I'm currently, mm. I'm not using Chinese medicine at the moment. I'm using functional medicine. Um, okay. Which is super interesting, um, but it yeah. looks at really deep core processes of the body and what's really causing chronic illness, or in this case PCOS, on, on a really deep level. And so I think I'm really getting to the bottom of things, but oh, it's it's pretty slow. Um, but I am yeah. making progress. Just more recently things have been really improving for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – One of the things that I've got going on at the moment is that I've got really severely low levels of iodine, which is quite common in women with PCOS. Um, I think the the bottom level is meant to be 100 and mine's 12. So it's really low and it's the leading cause of um, stillbirth. It's the leading cause of Mm. deformities. So to try to conceive right now, it's I feel like it would be irresponsible to do that. So I actually can't start trying. I mean, that's my own choice, but I really feel yes. within myself that I can't stop trying. So, you know, but that's a bit devastating. But actually I'm proud of myself. I'm handling it okay because, you know, I'm stepping towards Amazing. that goal. And I just got I just got a blood test yesterday um, to see where it's at. So hopefully I get the results mm. soon and that it's positive and things are looking ah, better. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. And do you know what, though? That's so uh, such a great point to bring up in that sometimes healing takes a really long time and it's yep. so hard when you're in that situation. I've been there. You've been there. I'm sure people who are listening have been there, but you just think, I don't know how much longer I can put up with healing I when I know that there's a bit of a magic fix out there um, and should I just go down that road? But I will be the first one to say stick with it. It is so, so worth it when you can start seeing results from using natural treatments. And it is, it can be really heartbreaking to think I've been doing this now for eight months and I have I've seen very little results. And yes, there will come a time when you go, you know, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And maybe you look at other alternatives, but give it a go. Give the natural route a go first before you go down other pathways because who knows, it could be your answer and you'll just look back and think it was so worth putting in those hard yards. And also how great that you get to learn about your body along the way. I had no idea how little I knew about my body until I was diagnosed with PCOS. I really had no idea. I didn't know about, I knew the basics of the menstrual cycle. I really did not know the in depth about the menstrual cycle. I didn't know that it was such a big um, pointer for health and such an indicator of something could be going wrong internally. Uh, Something's a little bit unbalanced and it's your body's way of trying to tell you, hey, something's not quite right. Can you please help me? Like, I need some help. I'm trying to show you in the form of symptoms. It's a little bit of a cry for help. and, And that's been so helpful for me to go something's not right and it's up to me to try and find it because it's my body and no one's going to care about my body as much as I do and how awesome for you 
that you have gone down this route and now you can actually go, okay, well, I know iodine isn't, and I, you know, having low iodine is an ideal situation to conceive in. So I'm just going to hold off for a little bit and I'm going to wait till the time's right. And, and that could potentially for you, um, result in not having another miscarriage or, you know, that's right. having an optimal pregnancy. And that's so ideal and, and so amazing that you can learn that about yourself. Yeah. And it really does feed into it. Like, the fact that I've had a miscarriage, I just really want to go into a pregnancy as healthy as I can be, creating the healthiest mm. child I can create because, you know, yes. uh, there is that residual fear that is still there even though it's been, you know, four years. It's still, it's still something that plays into it for sure. But, you know, as hard as PCOS is and as, you know, annoying as it is sometimes um in a way I am grateful for it because of what you just mm. said I I too was just so disconnected from my body so disconnected from my cycle and having PCOS and going on this journey and researching and understanding like I've never felt more connected to my body and I didn't have that before at all I had a complete yeah. lack of it and I think it's probably you know we could talk about society all day and how that plays into mm. it um mm -hmm, but you 100%. get it you know what I mean yeah yeah but yeah. What, what about you where are you at well as I said I've, I've got a little four month old and so that has just been <laughs> such a whirlwind for me um one that I you know ended up being able to conceive naturally was one massive thing I had a fantastic pregnancy I had a fantastic birth um but now I'm I'm you know learning to be a mum and so it's it's really hard I'm learning to balance having a business I've got two businesses and a little baby um and I'm also the the thing I'm really looking at in terms of my health at the moment is starting to see some of those PCOS symptoms creep back in yeah and that's really hard for me to 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 watch and because I'm breastfeeding as well you know there's a lot of things that I don't want to take or do because I'm I don't want to obviously affect my milk supply or anything like that so I am being cautious and I'm just saying to myself that it's a very short period in my life when you know I really just have to dedicate everything that I'm doing to my beautiful baby Flynn um, but at the same time you kind of see all your hard work kind of slipping away from you a little bit and you know yeah. I'm not sleeping well like I don't I, he wakes up a lot during the night and I don't eat very well at the moment because I don't have a lot of time to eat or cook. So it is what it is, um, but I'm definitely working towards making a little bit time for myself as he gets a little bit older. I'm, I'm finding it's, um, you know, I, I am actually able to take those little moments. I went out for the first time last night with one of my friends. So that was a, that was a big game changer for me. Um, but momentous. Just, <laughs> yes. And then I've also, um, I bought out a herbal tea recently called Sisterhood, which is specifically for women with PCOS. So it's all the good herbies that I kind of took along my journey, um, to help me. And I've been able to sort of package those up into one tea blend now. And so I'm really focusing on getting the word out there about that and helping, you know, other women who are going through a similar thing to what we're going through, we, we, that we went through and, and, you know, we're able to overcome in many ways. And it's delicious. I'm actually drinking it right now. <laughs> ah, whole, are you really? I have a, yes, I have a whole pot of it here. I'm drinking it too. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. so great. But, uh, yeah, Thank breastfeeding you. really um, – it really plays into to treatment because I'm still breastfeeding as well and um, mm. one of the things I've found through functional medicine um, is that I've got quite a lot of heavy metals in me and ah. a lot of people do but it can actually yeah. really directly impact PCOS. Um, and so to detox heavy metals is really quite intense. It should actually – you should never do it of your own accord. You really need to see a health practitioner um, yeah. but because I'm breastfeeding, I have to do it so much more gently than I would if Absolutely. I wasn't breastfeeding. So this is part of what I'm saying when I'm like, oh, the process is really slow. Actually, if I stopped yeah. breastfeeding, it would all be so much faster, but you know, that's just, mm. that's not where I'm at on my journey and I'm still choosing yeah. to sort of do that with my son, but yeah, postpartum, it you know, it changes things. It really does. But, you know, it's a little miracle. So, with you know, you, you, you go with it, I think, because you know 
what you've got is so special. So, but I tell yeah. you what, the postpartum hair loss that I experience, I'm still experiencing, is so intense. And I think, you know, it just really brought back all those memories from when I didn't even know I had PCOS and my hair was falling out in spades. I looked like I was bald. If you looked at, if I put my hair up in a ponytail, my receding hairline was so intense mm. that I, I genuinely was, I was so embarrassed. Um, and I didn't know at the time it was PCOS, but as I started to heal my PCOS, my hair started to grow back, which was really, really amazing. However, having the postpartum hair loss and watching it all happen is just terrifying because it brings back all those memories of the really hard time in my life that I experienced but at least I got a baby out of it (laughs) (laughs) words of wisdom okay I really like this quote as you breathe in cherish yourself as you breathe out cherish all beings and it's from the Dalai Lama Of course, it's from the Delhi. Yeah. It's amazing. That makes me want to breathe in and then just breathe out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, Mel, what, like, we've kind of talked about a few things that have been I, I, almost positive in, in terms of our diagnosis. Is there anything that you've learned along the way that you would like to share with others that might be going through a similar journey? Yeah. Um, the most important thing I've learned and the most important thing I like to get across um, through my business, through the journal, um, mm. it's very specific, um, but it's the importance of progesterone in early pregnancy. And it's my most important thing that I learned and that I like to get across because um, it's it's about life and um, the life of our babies. So women with PCOS are um, about 40% chance of miscarriage, which is nearly double a woman without yeah. PCOS. Isn't that crazy? It's it's crazy. Um, and it's extra crazy because a lot of doctors don't understand the things that are feeding into this. And one of the big ones is progesterone, which I had no idea. But in the first trimester mm. of pregnancy, it's up to the mum to create enough progesterone to sustain the life of the baby. And then from about 10 weeks into pregnancy, the baby takes over that production. But for those first 10 weeks, it's all about the mum producing it. And women with PCOS often have low levels of progesterone anyway, like outside of pregnancy. Mm. It's something we can really struggle with. So it makes sense that we might struggle with it in early pregnancy as well. So it's really easy to look at and handle. You can get regular blood tests to test your levels. Um, so every yep. week in that first trimester, get your levels tested. And if they're low, there's a really good supplement that your doctor can prescribe to you um, to increase your uh, – it's actually progesterone. In pl- it's like a plant-based progesterone. Um, but oh, it completely wow. Mimic- That's cool. It completely mimics our own. It's not like synthetic or anything. Um right. And it can bring those levels up. And so, yeah, when I um, miscarried our first baby, I was in India at the time and the doctor there um, told me that um, it was probably because my progesterone levels were low. She was shocked, actually, that I hadn't been getting my progesterone tested. She was like, you have wow. PCOS. Like, you should have been getting it tested. And I had never read about it. My doctors had never That's mentioned it. That's super interesting. It is interesting. And I think as well because a lot of PCOS, everyone talks about androgens and testosterone levels being high and that becomes, mm. I, I think, the focus for a lot of PCOS um, topics when it comes to hormones. So hearing so that true. the progesterone plays such a big part is, yeah, actually a, a little bit shocking for me. I didn't realise it was so significant. Yeah, well, I'm finding that when I talk to people that it's the same and I think it's because so many doctors don't know. Um, when I – just you know when we were ready to start trying to conceive again I was like right I need to find a doctor I was back in Australia I was like I need to find a doctor who's going to support me with this and test my progesterone Mm. levels regularly Mm. because when I found that out from that doctor in India in a way it gave me a little bit of hope for another pregnancy I was like oh like absolutely I was was so terrified that I would miscarry again it was like a little bit of hope that I might not. Anyway, um, yeah, it took three doctors before I found one who was like, of course. Like the first doctor laughed at me. She told me that the baby creates the progesterone, not the mum, and she was incorrect. Oh. But, you know, that's always really awkward. Yeah, when it's you- not correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No more than the doctor. 
And so then I went to another doctor. He had never heard of it, but he was really lovely. And he said, I'll refer you to a gynecologist. And um, that gynecologist, by this point, I actually was pregnant again. And he rang me. I hadn't even seen him. And he was like, you've got PCOS. You've had a miscarriage. Of course, I'm going to test your progesterone levels and prescribe it and he called it the life hormone which I loved and and he did and he tested he I didn't even see him he like faxed through the referral and everything wow um, yeah and my progesterone levels were low and I did need the supplement and now I have a son and of course we can never know how linked that really is but still I was very happy to know it so that's yes, yeah. that would be definitely the most important thing that I've learned along the way and that I like to share. What about you? Yeah. Oh gosh, there's so many things. Um, but I think <laughs> what I'll do, because I, you've spoken, you know, when you get to that pregnancy point, what things to look at for me, for anyone who's listening and they're at the start of their journey, don't when when you go in and if you for whatever reason think you have PCOS or you know you have PCOS but you haven't really been given um, much information about it, ask your doctors for a blood test and ask them to do a full hormone panel for you and thyroid and insulin. They're all really important. The thing is though, when you get your test results back, the a doctor's version of what is normal in terms of um, blood test results and what is actually optimal are very, very different. So when I went in and I had my hormones tested, my testosterone was very, very high. So that was very apparent to the doctor as well. But my other hormones were also out of whack, but they weren't really showing up so much on, on their version of the hormone panel. However, when I took those results to a naturopath to be looked at, she said to me straight away, your hormones are all out of balance, not just your testosterone. They're, they're all out of balance. And I said to her, oh, but look on, on this panel, it says that they're the normal range. And that's when she explained to me that normal isn't optimal. So please keep that in mind. If you've been told, you know, your whatever test is normal and you still think it's not, or you're getting symptoms for another underlying condition, whether it's PCOS or whatever it is, don't take necessarily normal as okay. Go and go and get a second opinion, um, particularly by a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor or whoever it is that you want to speak to, because that could really be a game changer for you. And it was for me because I had a lot of doctors tell me that my hormones were normal when, when they actually weren't. That's such a good tip and so true. And, you know, you can ask for your results to be printed out and given to you. They'll yes. never offer and it to you, but you that's they will yours. Never. <laughs> that is yours. <laughs> and they also will be very, very – I had to sit in a waiting uh, – a doctor's room and cry and beg for them to take my blood test because I knew something wasn't right with me. I cried and I cried and I cried, and it took five different doctors until one actually agreed to do it, and she only agreed to do it because I said I was happy to pay for it out of my own pocket and not put it through wow. um, Medicare or whatever it is. And and, and she ended up doing it. And then when she got the results back, she, I could tell that she felt awful that she hadn't made this an easier, you know, mm. journey for me. But, um, but I got them and I persisted. So if you think something is wrong, make sure you persist, be your own advocate, really stand up for yourself as hard as it, it is. And I know it's hard because I've been in that position, um, but it's up to you. You know, you've really got to stand up for yourself in those situations. Yeah, for sure. And I know that we were only um, saying one important thing, but I just can't help myself. I really just (laughs) want to say that um, finding a health practitioner who is great is Mm. so important for your journey. It it is a game changer. Like your GP sees you for you know, five to 15 minutes and pushes you out the door often because they're busy. They're really busy. Yes. A naturopath, a functional medicine doctor, Ayurvedic doctor, Chinese medicine doctor. Yeah. Their initial consults are sometimes two hours and every consult after that is usually, yeah, yeah, is usually a good hour. And that's like of dedicated time for you and your journey. Like to have someone in your corner like that, it just massive. It, it feels so supportive. Yeah, it's massive. I, I couldn't, I, I mean, obviously I, I just wouldn't be where I am on my health journey without my healthcare practitioners. So find a good one. And sometimes you don't find them right away, but, you know, try again because um, it's worth it. I think. Yep. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And talk to other people who have had good experiences with different practitioners and do your research. And if you can find one that specifically works in the area that you're looking for, if you find one that, you know, really specializes in PCOS, that's what I did, then you, you know that they're really going to be um, on the ball with that as well and, and know of any new research that's coming out or any new different treatments that they can try with you. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that, Mel. That is such a great point. Mm, oh my God. What would we do without our healthcare practitioners? <laughs> okay, Bridget, do you think we should do a giveaway? <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right. So for one lucky winner, we are giving away a packet of Bridget's delicious sisterhood tea, which is filled Yay. with amazing herbs that really help to balance hormones. So it's so awesome for women with PCOS that she's created this. And importantly, there are already so many amazing reviews coming in of women ovulating off the back of using it who haven't ovulated for ages, even pregnancies off the back of it. So, I mean, that speaks for itself. It's such an awesome product to to now be available to our community. And we're also giving away a copy of the new edition of the PCOS Journal. Um, the PCOS Journal is something that I create. It's a health diary for women specifically with PCOS. So it's filled with tons of charts um, for really understanding your body and your journey, um, you know, for tracking really everything to do with your health. But it's also filled with tons of information about uh, PCOS and about our PCOS treatment options. So whilst you're going through that year using your diary, you're also really getting informed about what your options are. And it is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> to <laughs> enter <laughs> to enter the competition, all you have to do is write a review of our podcast wherever you're listening to it now, and our favorite review will win. So we'll announce the winner in our Facebook group, which is called the PCOS Girls Podcast Community, and on our Instagram page, which is at the PCOS Girls Podcast. And we'll probably announce it on our own individual pages as well. We'll just announce it everywhere, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do signs on the on the bridges. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's super exciting. <laughs> um, let's just, like, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listening. We really plan to do a lot more exciting episodes down the track. Obviously, today was just a bit about our own journeys, but we have got some amazing episodes coming up. We're talking about, you know, r- really in depth about the different treatments you can look at. We're talking about how um, I managed to, you know, heal my hair loss, how you we've managed to conceive. So fertility, like a lot of different things were coming up. We've got some amazing guest speakers as well. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for those episodes. And thank you guys so much for always supporting us. It means the absolute world to us. Oh, it really does. Um, okay, so where can we find you online, Bridget? <laughs> oh, I am on Instagram, so PCOS underscore two underscore wellness, and you are at, where are you, Mel? I'm on Instagram at PCOS Pathways, and I'm on Facebook, um, PCOS Pathways as well, and my website is PCOSPathways.com. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah, my pass, uh, my password, my website is PCOSToWellness.com. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not my password, guys. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Bye, guys.